Hi, this is John Cryer, and I am hosting a new seven-part true crime podcast called Lawyers, Guns, and Money that'll challenge everything you think you know about U.S. covert operations and presidential misconduct. From Jack Bryan, the director of American PSYOP, comes the incredible true story of John Mattis, a newly sworn-in Miami public defender in the 1980s who has found himself completely in over his head. I step off the plane, and there is a van with a couple guys with Uzis. And one of them in broken English said, welcome to Bogota, John. Mattis's first felony defendant has been arrested for having a machine gun and tells Mattis a dangerous secret. He was shipping arms into Central America on behalf of the CIA. As a first-time lawyer, I want to act like I know what I'm doing. But with the help of a Colombian drug smuggler, how much money the CIA raised by hitting up drug dealers? A lot of money, millions of dollars. An Alabama mercenary. They were prepared to die to the last man. I saw this in them. I saw the fire in their eyes. And they made me their war chief. And a newly elected senator, John Kerry. We are looking at allegations of drug running, gun smuggling, conspiracy to commit murder and murder itself. He'll fight to free his client. The judge said, Show me, in a courtroom, how we were at war. Expose an illegal war being run by the White House. I mean, I wanted him involved, but I didn't want to be on record as doing it. And somehow stay alive in the process. I just escaped a kidnapping by the CIA in Costa Rica. This is Lawyers, Guns, and Money. So you have a man in Armani suit standing in the bow of a boat with a rocket launcher and says, if I lose sight of you, I will launch. You will be vaporized. Available everywhere starting October 29th, or get it ad-free and early starting October 22nd at lawyersgunsandmoney.supercast.com. There you'll find bonus episodes along with exclusive content. Subscribe now. M-S-W Media. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Friday, August 4th, 2023. Today we have a very special episode. I am speaking with the host of the Just Ask the Question podcast, a good friend of mine. Please welcome Brian Karam. Hi, Brian. Hey, good to see you. It's always a pleasure to see you. I think we first met, I think it was at Mary Trump's book release a few years back. I believe you are correct, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> I think there are pictures to prove it. There, I think there are photos to prove it. And uh, I think you were giving us suggestions about local taverns we could maybe hit up after we we all hung out at that amazing Amazing get together. It was like one of the first things after emerging from COVID. Uh, so it was <laughs> very nice to meet you. And then thank you for your help with applying to the White House Correspondents Association. I was able to I was able to sneak in there. So thank you so much. For there that. you go. Now, now you remember the in crowd, baby. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm in the soup, as you call it. That's exactly right. It's very soupy down in D.C. <laughs> it definitely is. Let's talk a little bit about First of all, I want to talk about the podcast, just to ask the question. You've had some amazing guests on recently, and you've got some amazing guests coming up. Talk about why you started that show. 
Well, it it all started because um, I wanted to sit down. And it began before COVID because I like sitting down and just talking to people over, a, you know, a meal and and sitting, you know. So I, I, you know, I decided what a better way to have a conversation than over a meal. Anthony Bourdain taught me that. So I figured what the hell I'd try that. And uh, the title of it comes from something that I also learned from Helen Thomas. And one of the first times I was in the White House briefing room, she said, Brian, it doesn't matter what the question is. It doesn't matter what the answer is. It only matters that you get the question out. So just ask the question. That way they cannot deny that it's been asked of them. So um, that's kind of been my philosophy in that press briefing room since then. And uh, that that's why I named uh, the podcast that and took that attitude to the podcast and just asking people, um, you know, just asking them the questions and, and not <laughs> worrying too much about the answers, but just getting the questions out there. Yeah, there is something to be said for uh, just getting the question out into the ethos, as it were. And there you go. You continue to do that on a regular basis while you're in that press briefing room. And we all appreciate you for it. That's kind of our job is to is to ask these questions. So thank you for that. Give us some examples of of some of the uh, questions that you just asked when, you know, when you're uh-huh. in that briefing room. And, you know, even take it a step further about why it's important to have it asked. Well, recently, I just asked, you know, the the president of the United States from the briefing room, I asked uh, Corrine, I said, can you state categorically that the administration has neither sought nor received favorable treatment from the Department of Justice for any investigation into the president, members of his administration, his family, or in the Donald Trump case? Now, and Corrine came out and it, it's a very direct question. She gave a very direct answer. We don't do that shit. <laughs> was, was basically <laughs> what she said. But it needed to be asked because there have been all kinds of accusations from a variety of people. And when you let those accusations percolate without having an answer to them, then you, you, you are helping the agents of disinformation. The same as on six weeks before the election and Last presidential election in 2020, I asked Donald Trump, win, lose, or draw, will he accept a peaceful transfer of power? Mm-hmm. And we all saw what the answer was, and we knew about it six weeks before. He said that day depends on what the outcome is. In other words, if I if I win, I'm not going to question it, but if I lose, I will. So, you know, mm-hmm. real, real kind of a turdish answer. So those are two examples in two administrations that where you, you just need to ask questions bluntly and not be too worried about the about the politics of it, but just to ask them. And we're going to have some really important opportunities for additional questions that have to be asked of this press secretary and of this administration this week. Now, let me just tell everyone, thanks to the time travel capabilities of podcasting, we're recording this on Sunday, July 30th. It will air on Friday, August 4th. And methinks sometime between now and then, we might get the unsealing of an indictment or at least a Jack Smith press conference. Another indictment, you mean? (laughs) Yes, pardon me. Uh, Another indictment. This would be three, four, if you count the superseding indictments down in Miami that just happened last week when we were all eyes on D.C. and Prettyman. What are you expecting this week? and, And what questions do you have? Like, are you preparing any questions for this administration? I don't think the administration is going to speak to what's going on in the DOJ as they other than the fact that they're not involved. They they won't know ahead of time. They'll find out as we find out since they have told us that they're not interfering in the DOJ. 
no matter what the people, you know, that follow Donald Trump want to believe, there's no evidence that they are. So I don't suspect that they'll be answering many questions about the Department of Justice other than to say, let justice run its course. And of course, I feel the same way, you know, uh, innocent till proven guilty, no matter how many number of times you're indicted, it still has to be proven in a, in a court of law. So uh, this is not persecution, but prosecution and let the chips fall where they may. Um, I don't anticipate there'll be much talk out of the Biden administration about this. No, and that they've been that way. I mean, early on, yes. Attorney General Merrick Garland issued uh, reissued the, the policy that there is a huge giant firewall between the Department of Justice and the administration. And they have maintained that and have been adamant about it. And, and I think that's appreciated by many who who voted, at least for, for this president, because that's the way that it's supposed to be. It should be appreciated by everyone, not only those who didn't vote for this president or, or did, but didn't. This is despite what you've heard. Otherwise, this isn't the weaponization of the DOJ. It's it's bringing back some semblance of normalcy to the DOJ. Hundred percent. And um, let's talk a little bit about uh, the possible implications of this potential indictment, because uh, a lot of experts, talking heads, pundits that we see on on the cable news networks and in some independent journalism as well, are making sure that we understand the gravity of this particular indictment. Although the documents, the classified documents, you know, mishandling of nuclear secrets, et cetera, is important and is a threat to national security here and abroad. The importance of this particular indictment for American democracy. What are your thoughts on how we make sure that that message is is crystal clear? Because everyone, I think, is sort of, you know, we used to have the flood the zone with shit fire hose of lies. Now we have the fire hose of justice and people might be starting to get some justice fatigue up in this place. What are your, what are your thoughts? I, I, I haven't gotten any fatigue from justice yet. I've got a fatigue <laughs> from lack of justice. So mm-hmm. I, I bring it on, baby. <laughs> Just I'm out there and loving it, you know, bring it on. Um, the, the real fact of the matter is, is uh, you have two kinds of people in this country. The f- uh, first believe that Donald Trump is actually a, an agent of of Jesus and that he's here on earth, uh, an imperfect man being used by a perfect God to spread light, justice, and happiness to all of us. Now, the rest of us who um, haven't been ingesting LSD, cocaine, uh, fentanyl, and heroin at an accelerating rate in the last 15 months all know that that's bullshit. The, <laughs> the bottom line is, is this is the Justice Department working and Despite the the supporters of the president claiming that if he is indicted and this particular indictment could mean bad things for Donald, but then, you know, he's trying to push, but he knows the real one that's going to get him is, is in Georgia, because even if he wins, he, he will have no, if he wins another term, he will have no ability to pardon himself or to stop the investigation in Georgia. And so this week, that's why you're seeing him challenge the right of the district attorney in, in Georgia to to uh, in a, in Fulton County, I believe, to to go after him. So, at the end of the day, if he's indicted, he and his minions of Satan—I uh, mean, min- minions of Donald—have <laughs> promised a civil war, and I think that's BS. I, I don't think that's what you have to be afraid of. They want you to be afraid. That's what a bully does—is make you fearful. We are already a violent nation. 
We have two mass shootings a day. We've averaged two mass shootings a day this year. It's not going to get any more violent. They're not going to be a rise of an army against another army. It's not going to be that kind of civil war. What you're seeing, the pushback from Donald and his minions in the states that were formerly part of the Confederacy, let's take Alabama uh, and uh, Florida and Texas, for example. In Texas, they're challenging the, the federal government's ability to police our international border, saying that they've got the right, the sovereign right in Texas. And they put barriers in our drowning kids and tossing them into razor wire because, you know, they're Christian. Uh, anyway, so that's that's the you know, that's where they're tr- trying to challenge federal government in, in Alabama. A very conservative Supreme Court told a very, <laughs> very conservative legislature and state of Alabama that they have to have two African-American voting districts. They've denied and decided not to do that. And in Florida, they've decided that the best way to teach about slavery is that it was like a trade school and everybody got a skill and they all went on to greatness. All of these things undermine our society, undermine our culture. That's where the Civil War is, and that's where Donald Trump's minions will try to have their sway, regardless of whether or not he is indicted. And so the indictment should continue because it is a prosecution. It is the right thing to do. And then if Donald Trump can defend himself in court and win, then that's it. It's over with. But I suspect that Donald Trump will not be able to defend himself in court. And I suspect that this time next year, Donald Trump will not be on the ballot because Donald Trump will be fitted for an orange jumpsuit and be placed in Danbury Minimum Security Prison. <laughs> Here's hoping from, from your, your lips. Now, I want to talk a little bit more about the Civil War idea, but I do have to take a quick break. So I need everybody to stick around. We'll be right back. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey, everybody, welcome back. We're talking with the host of the Just Ask the Question podcast, Brian Karam. Brian, you uh, mentioned this um, civil war if there's an indictment. We're going to fight back. I'm being indicted for you. And these veiled calls. Yes, he's he's such a martyr. I am. Thinly veiled calls for violence. And I think that uh, it's not going to... I mean, we saw the indictment and arraignment in New York. We saw the uh, indictment in Miami. And like 20 chuds with flags showed up and <laughs> and they're like super prepared for this. But I also think that some of the credit goes to uh, the Department of Justice, the part of the Department of Justice that has been arresting and prosecuting and convicting and jailing the boots on the ground rioters from January 6th. I think that is acting as quite the deterrent for mobs of people to show up. I mean, we still can't do anything about these lone wolf domestic stochastic terrorists But I think that might be part of the reason we aren't seeing these massive crowds show up to anything that Donald Trump is doing. Yeah, because at the end of the day, I'm there for you, Mr. President. I'm not there. I'm not there for you. You're going to jail. (laughs) So that's that's like you you should have known on that day on January 6th when he said, I'll march up the hill with you. I'm going bigly. And he didn't. He didn't march up the hill. He didn't go anywhere. He went home and watched it on TV and all his people marched up the hill and got arrested. So, again, Donald Trump uses people. And so, yeah, that it's, it, it, you know, the prospect of spending 48 months in a high security federal prison is usually deterrent enough to keep large crowds of people from rioting. That that does help quite a bit. You're you are correct. I think so. Ding, ding. 
<laughs> yep, and they've thrown up the barriers down there in Georgia. You you brought up Georgia. That's that's the one that's going to be the worst for him. You said even if he wins election, he won't be able to shut that down or pardon yep. himself. But it's also true if any Republican who is the thinking about pardoning him wins the office. Georgia is unpardonable by a president of the United States and actually by the governor of that state itself. They have a pardon board. They have a pardon board. Yeah. So that would be there's shit out of luck there, pal. <laughs> That's so his only his only play is to try and keep it from happening, from the indictment from happening. And that's not going to happen. And then once he is indicted, uh, I suspect he's going to be, you know, the plea deal. I, and I, you know, I I understand he has some new attorneys now and they got paid up front and God bless him because Donald Trump never pays a bill. So if they got paid up front, I hope they got paid a lot because they're going to need it. You know, um, let's let's game this scenario out. If if the Department of Justice goes first with coup indictments, which I think they will. Yeah. uh, And if you're listening to this Friday, may have already. If they go first, if they go before Fonnie Willis, those indictments could give the D.A. down in Georgia some predicate crimes, underlying crimes for a RICO statute. Well, they are pursuing a RICO. Yes, you're correct. And and I think that then we will see Donald Trump try to, uh, well, he will file a motion to move the DA's case out of state court and into federal court because some of the predicate underlying RICO crimes are federal crimes. He tried this in Manhattan because one of the underlying crimes that elevated the falsification of business felonies to felony status from misdemeanor status. One of them was a federal crime, and that just got tossed out immediately. But I don't know who might hear the motion down in in Georgia to move it to a federal court or if it would be a federal judge. But I'm sure he will try to do that, and that will also cause delay. But I don't think, I mean, his, his 2024 court dance card is getting pretty full. We might not even see uh, this RICO case go to trial until after the election. Well, he's he's got some time open right now in July and August of next year, but from October through May or June, yeah. And possibly March, because and Alvin March, Bragg yes, has, yes. has signaled wildly, like he's like doing the Team America World Police signal, like, hey, I'll I'll move my shit later if you if somebody if DOJ wants to go for I'm right. all about you know justice. So we could see that January sixth case from DOJ go as early as March. We could see a, a variety of things, but I guarantee you we're going to see is Donald Trump, even if he lives to be 200, as Dr. Ronnie Jackson predicted in a, a briefing I attended many years ago and, and laughed and vomited when I heard it. Even if he does live to be 200, Donald Trump will spend the rest of his life in court defending this crap. And remember, folks, it's all Donnie's fault. Donnie did this to himself, especially in the Mar-a-Lago case. You know, everybody going, well, everybody else has him. And you know, had these classified documents, only Donnie is being uh, prosecuted for it. That's why it's persecution. No, the reason why Donnie is being prosecuted for it is because Donnie didn't give them back. And Donnie, everybody else gave them back when asked. And then lied and then hid them and then tried yes. to destroy the evidence and then tried again to destroy the evidence. As I said, so the documents he first claimed he didn't have, then said the FBI planted, then claimed he had every right to keep because he performed a mind meld and declassified them in his heart, had to be protected by getting rid of the security camera footage, which shows people moving them around after he ordered them to be done, that to be done. So, yeah, it's all his fault. I mean, and everyone testifying against him, 
There's no, it's all Republicans. It's all people that worked for him. This is all self-inflicted because Donald Trump is an idiot. And he's, you know, skated by because, you know, they always complain about a two-tier justice system in this country, or he likes to claim there isn't. And he's right, there is, but he's not on the lower tier. If this were anybody else being investigated, this SOB would be rotting behind bars right now waiting for a trial. But because he's Donnie, he's not. So it's, you know, I, I find everything that he says to be loathsome, untrue, and without a doubt, just another grift. And we may even see more superseding indictments in Miami because we know that a low-level Trump Organization employee got a target letter recently and that that low-level Trump Organization employee was represented by Stanley Woodward. But this superseding indictment that added De Oliveira as a defendant, that guy's not repped. By Stanley Woodward, that guy is repped by a guy named John Irving, unless he has switched lawyers somewhere and, and, and that just hasn't been publicly reported or I have missed it somewhere along the way. But we could see additional superseding indictments because in this superseding indictment, there's a description of uh, uh, De Oliveira and, and Nauta like crawling through bushes and trying not to get on the property and going down tunnels with flashlights. There might be more <laughs> So they might have gotten them looking at directly at a flashlight at a surveillance camera, and then they might have, I don't know, maybe tried to drain the pool into the server room to get rid of that surveillance footage. <laughs> um, it's like uh, it's like obstruction inception, as we call it on the most recent episode of the Jack podcast. So there could even be more indictments coming down the road. Well, you know that there is the potential for more indictments because guess what? The, the grand jury that's heard all of this has not been dismissed. It's still there. Nope. And you can't have it. You can't have a grand jury go on for no reason. You have to be looking yeah, for charges. There has to be something that they're pursuing. So if, if the grand jury doesn't just walk in and go, hey, fellas, what do you got for me today? <laughs> you know, no, <there's, laughs> they, they have something they're pursuing and the grand jury is looking into it. So when that grand jury finally dissolves, then we'll know that perhaps all the charges are over with. But until then, yeah, you could expect some more charges. And we know on Truth Social, Trump is saying, I handed them over. They ha I, We did not delete. We didn't delete. We didn't destroy anything. That means that they totally did. But that's not charged in this re most recent superseding indictment. Only the attempt to, to destroy that evidence is charged, not the actual destruction of the evidence. And that might have something to do with what they're still looking into, this grand Well, jury. and I'd be interested in knowing what if, uh, there's going to be a search at Bedminster at some point in time because it's been mentioned in a couple of the uh, pleadings and in, in some of the stuff in the court that, you know, stuff was taken to Bedminster. So at some point in time that made, you know, he may further that investigation. You know, I, I've even heard speculation. That the reason why they came out with all that stuff with UAPs in the last week is trying to get ahead of the fact that Trump probably had some of that shit in the classified documents that he kept. And they just want to, before, before anything else happens, they want to get in front of it just, if for nothing else, so the Republicans can come out against illegal aliens from the, the planet Zod and they'll, they'll put sky walls up to keep out the illegal aliens. Mm. Yeah, they'll do some uh, barriers and, and Constantino wire. Yeah. It's kind of stunning uh, the amount of, of criminal accountability that's that's coming down the pipe is it though allison is it stunning is it really because 
I covered this guy for four years. Well, in a, in a world where in a world where we've been waiting for it for seven years, oh. yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like that that gif of the woman with all the hot dogs hitting her face. Like, yes, yes. <laughs> bring 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 me all the justice <laughs> all at once. I, I'm not really stunned, though. I mean, I I was no, I, I would have liked to it to have occurred a little quicker, but uh, particularly before the election. But uh, the fact that they're the indictments are coming and the more they come, the more it, it just looks like what with what they have. And remember, we're only seeing enough to indict. We're not seeing enough. You know, there'll be other stuff in court and you're going to go, holy shit. And, and so, you know, many of our legislators in Congress are lawyers and have a rudimentary understanding of the law. And at some point in time, as this stuff unravels, even those closest to Donald will and have already privately begun to go, holy shit, but publicly they will because they just won't be able to avoid it. Yeah. And it'll be like dominoes. You know, once the bigger voices come out, that uh, they'll provide cover for others. It'll be interesting to see what the off ramp finally is. I, I've long said there's really nothing this man can do to get to get the tribe to denounce him until we're just close to an election and he's lost the last eight million of them and he's just bad to have, uh, you know, as as the leader of your party and they don't they they're tired of losing. It might just be the time. Might be like, all right, it's time. It's 2024. We got it. It's time to get off this ride. I predict that the ones that won't will be the Christians who will follow their false messiah into the depths of hell. But other than that, I think <laughs> most people will at one point in time go whoa. Oh, well, that's a little much for even me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And they'll just use it to provide cover. uh, Their real reason being they're tired of losing. Yeah. But I they're like the rest of the candidates so far aren't uh, any much uh, more appealing. So we'll see what happens if like a Brian Kemp jumps in the race or something. um... No, I'll tell you what the real fear is. And I've said this often, and that's the one I think the Democrats had better look at. If a lane opens up where Donald Trump isn't in. There is one candidate who has crossover appeal to the Democrats. And if this candidate is on the top of the ticket in uh, on the Republican Party, would present a very, very strong challenge to the sitting president. And that's Liz Cheney. That's what and, I was thinking. And if the if that she could not get out of a Republican primary. But remember, at the same time, the Republicans actually have control over who they nominate. They don't have to nominate. If you've got all the, you know, the delegates and everything on your side, the Republican Party, the the Central Committee of the Republican Party holds on to that power to be able to nominate whomever they want. And the Republicans love among uh, more than anything else. They love to win. And so if they see that she would and she would, there are a lot of Democrats who love her and think of her as a hero because of what she did on January 6th. I remind everyone that she voted with Donald Trump 95% of the time. She is not a hero. The only thing she did was her civic duty and pushing back against, you know, Donald Trump for being a seditious ass clown. Mazel tov for that. But if she's on the uh, on the ticket, at the top of the ticket, the Republican Party, the Republicans would then, if she won, have the bragging rights of saying we were the party that got the first female president. And that will crush the Democrats. That's a very serious threat. We also lose the um, battle to save democracy argument. Oh, well, yes. <laughs> <laughs> we pivot back to we pivot back to 
other very strong arguments, including health care and Medicare, Medicaid, Social Security, uh, pro-choice, uh, the, you know, anti-Dobbs, Supreme Court reform. We, you know, the, you know, but it does take away the democracy discussion. I mean, not in my eyes, but in the eyes of a lot of a lot of. Yeah, folks. without a doubt. So that's mm-hmm. the big fear. I mean, everybody else who that. Who the hell? I, I mean, do any of these <laughs> any of these clowns in the Republican Party really have a chance of winning a, 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 a an election? A Donald general, Trump no. doesn't even really have that. I mean, they all play to the it, they're going as far right as they can. That lane is so crowded. And that's because where the money is and they've taken the Republican Party so far over there that even conservative or conservatives who are very conservative going, I ain't going that far. And so that's, you know, at the end of the day, crossover appeal in order to win an election is not possible. The only thing that is possible from that side of the aisle is if they mobilize their forces, their minority, if they mobilize their voters, right, and everyone else isn't mobilized to vote, that's the only way they win. Yeah. And it's still a challenge because if it's a Liz Cheney, she's going to immediately lose the Trump base, which is about 22 percent. But think. will she? I, she'll lose some of them, but she not will lose. There will be those who are not the born again Christians, not the evangelicals who are Trump supporters who might still stay with her. It, it is their best chance, regardless yeah. of how we break it down. Well, uh, tell us uh, before I let you go, uh, who's coming up on Just Ask the Question and, and where they can find and follow you. Norm Eisen will be with us. We also have Hal Sparks coming up soon, comedian. Um, uh, let's and <laughs> I forgot who else I have on on, on tap. <laughs> well, that Norm Eisen interview is going to be huge because he's yeah. one of the people who penned the the model prosecution memo that you know we're looking yes. at uh, for the indictments that are coming up. And that's and we discuss that a lot in in yeah. in the Norm uh, interview, and uh, of course. Oh, hell, I can't even remember who else is coming up, but 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 really big people. <laughs> it's just ask the question. That's the name of the podcast. Wherever fine podcasts are sold. The name of the book is Free the Press, wherever fine books are sold. And you can get that online. And then a column every week for, and you'll see me in the White House briefing room, but a column every week on salon.com about this wonderful world we call Washington, D.C. And as I like to call it, the soup. The soup. And who's your favorite press secretary so far? Oh, that's still out of all the ones I've had. It's it's McCurry, Mike McCurry, without a doubt, gotcha. simply the best. And I'll tell you, um, there you know there are times when um, uh, John Kirby is as skilled in that briefing room as McCurry was, but it, without a doubt, with it, on a on a daily basis, it and and anybody who's covered the White House for any length of time will tell you that. Understood. Uh, mine was Jen Psaki, but I haven't been covering the White House as long as you have, my friend. So thank you so I, much. I, I find her. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love her. I love her. She was she was my dream press secretary and they actually nominated her. So I was very happy about that. Just ask the question. Get it wherever you get your podcasts and get that book. Um, really, really uh, free the press. Really, really great book. Very important. So. Thank you so much. Look for him on salon.com. You can find him on probably every single social media site that's popped up in the last uh, six months. Yeah, I used to be able to <laughs> pop one social media site, put my article up there, and that's it. <laughs> now I got to go to five different ones. Thank you, Elon, you mm-hmm. moron. That's <laughs> We had an international town square, and he blew it up for reasons he doesn't even know. He, yeah. He's a, 
another guy flying by the seat of his pants and burning his ass. Useful idiot. Useful idiot. I don't know how um, useful, but I'll go with the idiot part. Well, oh, for yeah. the for the bad guys, uh, yeah. he's useful. Thank you so much. It's been great talking to you today, Brian Karam. Always a pleasure. Alex. Everybody, thank you so much for listening to The Beans. I hope you have a great weekend. Tune into the Jack podcast this Sunday. I will be back in your ears Monday. Until then, please take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Take care of the planet. Take care of your mental health. Vote blue over Q and bring someone with you. I've been AG and them's The Beans. The Daily Beans is written and executive produced by Allison Gill with additional research and reporting by Dana Goldberg. Sound design and editing is by Desiree McFarlane with art and web design by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. Music for The Daily Beans is written and performed by They Might Be Giants, and the show is a proud member of the MSW Media Network, a collection of creator-owned podcasts dedicated to news, politics, and justice. For more information, please visit mswmedia.com. MSW Media. Hi, this is John Cryer, and I am hosting a new seven-part true crime podcast called Lawyers, Guns, and Money that'll challenge everything you think you know about U.S. covert operations and presidential misconduct. From Jack Bryan, the director of American PSYOP, comes the incredible true story of John Mattis, a newly sworn-in Miami public defender in the 1980s who has found himself completely in over his head. I step off the plane, and there is a van with a couple guys with Uzis. And one of them in broken English said, welcome to Bogota, John. Mattis' first felony defendant has been arrested for having a machine gun and tells Mattis a dangerous secret. He was shipping arms into Central America on behalf of the CIA. As a first-time lawyer, I want to act like I know what I'm doing. But with the help of a Colombian drug smuggler... How much money the CIA raised by hitting up drug dealers? A lot of money, millions of dollars. An Alabama mercenary... They were prepared to die to the last man. I saw this in them. I saw the fire in their eyes. And they made me their war chief. And a newly elected senator, John Kerry. We are looking at allegations of drug running, gun smuggling, conspiracy to commit murder and murder itself. He'll fight to free his client. The judge said, show me in a courtroom how we were at war expose an illegal war being run by the White House. I mean, I wanted him involved, but I didn't want to be on record as doing it. And somehow stay alive in the process. I just escaped a kidnapping by the CIA in Costa Rica. This is Lawyers, Guns, and Money. So you have a man in Armani suit standing in the bow of a boat with a rocket launcher and says, if I lose sight of you, I will launch you will be vaporized. Available everywhere starting October 29th, or get it ad-free and early starting October 22nd at lawyersgunsandmoney.supercast.com. There you'll find bonus episodes along with exclusive content. Subscribe now.